Hello, community. I want to start with a straightforward, simple question to everyone at All Our Expressions. Are you ready? Who wants to be a millionaire? That's the question. Who wants to be a millionaire? And if you said, uh, oh yeah, I do, then you're in luck because today we're going to begin by playing a quick round of a game called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Divided by 10,000. Uh, now, since we're in the studio filming this talk and uh, we don't have a studio audience, um, I think I'm going to have to ask one of our community online producers to play the game with us today. Alec, how about you? Do you want to be a millionaire? Divided by 10,000? Sure, sure. All right, come on up. Wherever you are, let's uh, just welcome Alec Bramlett. Hey. Yeah, there we go. Good to see you. Thank you for joining me here. Wow, this is great up here. Yeah, kind of in front of the camera. These lights are bright. Pretty bright, yeah. yes. <laughs> but here's the question. Okay, yeah. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. All right, so here's how you play. Okay. I'm going to ask you one question. Okay. And if you get it right, then you're going to get $5. Then you're going to have the option. You can either keep the $5 or you can try to answer the next question and win an additional $10. Okay. Now, if you get it wrong, you lose the $5. But if you get it right, you get to keep the $15, and then you get to try to win $100. And, of course, you know what $100 is. I'm guessing you're going to tell me. I'm going to tell you. It is $1 million divided by 10,000. <laughs> the name of the game. All right. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. All right, so here we go. Here is, I got the questions right here. You ready? I'm ready. Here's the first question. Okay. Who is the best player the Chicago Bulls have ever had? Well, even though I'm a Phoenix Suns fan and it hurts my heart to say his name out loud. Yes. Michael Jordan. You're absolutely correct. And I know you're probably tempted to say DeMar DeRozan. Maybe he, not. He's on the current Bulls He's team? on the current Bulls. But the correct yeah. answer is Michael Jordan. I got it right. You got it right. So you got $5 right here. So $5, this is yours. Now, the question is, do you want to stop or continue to play for $10 more? And if you want to get a little help from your friends. I mean, I got to go for more, right? Do I, what do you guys think? More? Okay, okay. I got to go for it. All right, go for more. Swayed by the crowd. He's going to go for the $10 more. Okay, Let's go. here's question number two. What is the name of one of the founding pastors of Community Christian Church? <laughs> well, that's easy. John Ferguson. <laughs> we will accept either John Ferguson or Dave Ferguson. Oh, I thought answer. you said, who's your favorite co-founding pastor? No, I'm just kidding. That I, was for you, John. I understand. <laughs> All right. It's actually getting okay. exciting now because now we're into the final round. Um, you can keep the $15 you have right here or continue playing and go for a whopping $100. Now, will you play it safe or risk it all for more? What do you say? I got to go, go, go for more, right? Should I go for more? I'm going to go for more. All right, great. He's going for more. So here it is, $100. Here's the third question. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is the synthetic element discovered in 1973 identified as element 101 on the periodic table. What? I have no idea. <laughs> I thought for sure you'd get this. One. I was a theater major. I don't. Uh, I have no. I have no idea. So, uh, phosphate. I, that's the thing. I, the that's... correct answer is Mendelevium. 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 And I feel like Alex Trebek whenever I say <laughs> Mendelevium. You sound like him too. That's <laughs> Thank really... you. So I win nothing. You win nothing. And by the way, I'm glad you didn't win anything because this is a prop. This is actually all my money. <laughs> oh. Okay. I didn't want to lose that. But okay. I'll tell you what, let's thank Alec for playing. Who wants to be a millionaire? All right. Thank you, Dave. Divided by 10,000. All right. I wanted to start with that game to point out a mindset that our culture is so deeply embedded inside all of us. And it's this. More 
is better. And I bet almost all of you were cheering for Ella, go for more, go for more, go for more. It's because we've all been programmed to want more. I mean, it's like if $1 is good, $2 would be better. If one car is good, two cars would be even better. If one house is good, then adding a summer home obviously would be better because more is better. In fact, there was an interesting study conducted by the Harvard Business School. They interviewed over 400 American millionaires, and they asked them this question. How much money would make you happy? How much money would make you happy? And remember, all the people in the study were already millionaires. And to set it up, what they did is they had asked each participant how much money they already had. Then they asked them how currently happy they were on like a scale of one to 10, 10 being really happy. And then they asked how much more they would need to move their happiness closer to a perfect 10. Now here's the shocker. 26%, the largest response, said they needed 10 times, 10 times more money to be happy. 24%, the second largest response, said they needed five times more money to bring them real happiness. And a measly, paltry 13% of these millionaires said, I already have enough to be happy. So overall, here's what's interesting. It didn't matter whether the participants had 100 million, 10 million, or 1 million, 87% said, no, more is better. And I don't think this is only true about millionaires. In fact, ask yourself, do you ever think, if I could only make a couple dollars more an hour, then I'd be satisfied? Or if only my business grew by you know, 10% or 15% this year, then I'd be content. Or only if, if we could afford that vacation home, then my whole family would be happy. And hear me out on this, okay? I am not, I'm not, not, not. I'm not saying that we shouldn't wanna do better in life, that that's bad. But when we make that the primary focus in our lives, we have bought into the cultural value that more is better. And just think about how many of our reality TV shows focus on the acquisition of more stuff. Shows like American Pickers, Auction Hunters, Flea Market Flip, Storage Wars. Should I go on? All of them selling the idea that more is better. And for your future viewing pleasure, I'm actually working on my own show called Don't Look in My Basement. See, we bind the idea that more is better. And what happens? It leaves us stressed out, feeling anxious, and often just exhausted. And here's what I believe God wants for you today. And that's freedom. Freedom from the stress that often comes with finances. Freedom from the anxiety that comes about, from worrying about money and the exhaustion. Doesn't that sound good? See, I believe God wants you to be free. And today, what we're going to do is we're going to debunk the lie that more is always better with a greater truth. And that greater truth is that less is actually often more. Now, before we go on, I want to I just kind of pause for just a second right here. Because maybe you're hearing this and you're going through a very difficult financial time. Uh, maybe you've lost significant income. Uh, maybe you're in between jobs. Uh, maybe you've been not been able to recover from an illness or a situation that's put you in a very hard financial spot. Now, sometimes the pain we feel isn't because we've made choices in pursuit of more, but rather from circumstances beyond our own control. And if that's you today, know that you do not have to struggle alone. We see you. And I believe God sees you and he desires to meet you today as well. 
And the reality you're experiencing is not what God wants for you. So here's the thing. We would love to talk with you, to pray with you, whether we pray with you online or we pray with you in person at one of our locations or 3C Community or Community Freedom. And we want to help all of you. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you more specifics on how we can actually help at the end of my talk. But I want you to know that we're glad you're with us today. Now, back to the majority of us, though. The majority of us, we need to grasp this greater truth that less is more. In fact, think about your own life. Would you say you want more stress, more striving, more worry? No, less is more. In fact, when you ask people, what's most important in your life? I've never ever heard anybody go like, oh, you know what's most important in my life? My bank account. <laughs> or that new car. Or, oh, those cool updated countertops. That's most important. No. When you ask people that question, they say things like, uh, my faith. Or my friends. Or my family. When we take the time to look at what really matters, we realize that many of us are spending so much of our time going after things that are not even highest on our own priority list. And we end up sacrificing the very things that matter most. So here's what I want. Wherever you are, I want you to kind of just lean in. Let's all just lean in for the next few minutes because what we're going to do is we're going to look at three scriptural truths. We're going to go right to the Bible. Scriptural truths for finding financial freedom. And then also along the way, I want to give you three very practical ways to live this out. I mean, immediately that you can live these things out. Okay, you ready? All right, so let's dive in. Here we go. Leaning in together, let's do it. Uh, the first biblical truth that we need for finding financial freedom is this. Less conforming, more transforming. Less conforming, more transforming. In Romans chapter 12, the apostle Paul gets very practical. He challenges us. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So here's what happens next. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so Paul is inviting us to be less conforming, more transforming. See, to become a follower of Jesus is to make a commitment to your own ongoing transformation. And we're not talking about simply changing a few behaviors or cleaning up your act. No, this Jesus-centered transformation is about becoming more of the person that God created you to be. And it means not just going along with everyone else. In fact, to build on the last series, this, this is the Holy Spirit working in our lives to literally change how we feel and also how we think. It, it is transformational. All right, so how do we do that? Okay, here's a practical next step. We start by, I'm going to just call it this, calling out the conforming. Calling out the conforming. Now, as you do that in your own life, you call it the conforming. Maybe for you today, conforming looks like you realize, you know what, I'm doing whatever it takes to get ahead. Or at least I'm giving the appearance that I'm trying to get ahead. Or, or maybe conforming looks like buying a bigger house or a more expensive car than you can actually comfortably afford. Or maybe conforming is the belief that, you know, if I just get enough stuff or the right stuff, I'll finally be valuable and worthy of love. I'll tell you what, just challenge yourself to really look at your life and ask if the person you are today, is that truly the person God made you to be? And here's the deal. This is not about guilt. 
there is there is some healthy guilt. This is not about that, okay? This is about an honest kind of real assessment that says there's nothing greater in this life than my thoughts and my actions being aligned with God's best for me. And when you do that kind of deep transformational spiritual work, here's the thing, I'm telling you, I promise you this, it leads to freedom. Freedom from living up to the pressures that are sometimes self-imposed, but also freedom from the pressures that the world tries to impose. And it is freeing. And that is what every one of us really want. All right, that's the first kind of scriptural truth, less conforming, more transforming. All right, here's a second one. A second biblical truth to find financial freedom, less pursuit and more peace. Less pursuit and more peace. The endless pursuit of more, it is simply just exhausting and anxiety producing. And it seems that the writer of Ecclesiastes, the Old Testament, understands this well and offers this encouragement and says, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Now here's what the writer's saying. One handful means a limited amount of something, a manageable amount. But two handfuls are more than I can easily handle or even manage. And so in this case, having enough, it leads to tranquility and peace, whereas always wanting more leads to anxiety and frustration. I mean, a more contemporary way of saying this is, it's better to have a handful of good friends than thousands of social media followers. Or better is one family vacation with real time together than many exotic trips with no relational connection. Or or better is one handful of stuff and sleeping through the night than a lot of stuff and losing sleep at night trying to figure out how am I going to pay for it all. He's saying peace is better than toil and that peace is found in our ability to stop pursuing more. For most of my adult life, um, I was a member of what I call the crappy car club, okay? Uh, I always bought used, cheap cars that basically get me from point A to point B. Uh, My last one was a Toyota Paseo. It had no air, no radio, no power, anything. It was rusting out but the engine worked. Uh, the one before that was a Toyota Corona. If you thought I said Corolla, I didn't say Corolla. I said Corona, like the virus. That's the kind of cars I had. Um, and I just, I had like a, a crappier car than anybody in my neighborhood. So when it came to the pursuit of a really nice car, it was like, I wasn't even playing the game. It was just obvious. I was not in the competition. I was not competing with anyone. And what I found was that it was kind of nice. There was almost kind of like a piece that came with going, no, I'm sitting this one out. I'm not competing. But then a couple of years ago, I decided to get my first ever new car. And I got a Mazda CX-5, which it's a fine car. But here's what's weird. Suddenly, I noticed something happening inside of me that never happened before. I started looking at other cars in my neighborhood and wondering, going, hmm, I wonder what that car cost. I wonder if I could afford that car. How how much is a Tesla, right? And I was starting to lose some of that sense of peace that came with being a part of the crappy car club. Now, we all have our stories of getting caught in the trap of wanting more and then doing whatever it takes to get it. So how do we get out of that? Well, here's a practical step. A practical step is this, cutting back on consumption. Cutting back on consumption. See, See, actually, when I consume less 
I need less. And I also begin to find contentment and peace in what I already have. And for some of us, cutting back on consumption may, be, may mean changing where you shop or how you shop. It's weird. There's only two stores that actually make me really want to buy stuff. Every other store I go into, I just kind of go into a hypnotic state. I'm like asleep. But there's two stores. It's Ikea and Trader Joe's. I don't know what it is. But I walk in, and no matter what the plan, plan is, it's like those stores whisper to me, buy more, buy more, buy more. But here's the truth. If I buy less, I actually consume less, and that brings peace. All right. Here's a third, final, scriptural truth for finding financial freedom. Less greed, more gratitude. Less greed, more gratitude. Jesus loved us enough to say things that we don't necessarily want to hear. But he says it because he knows it's what we need to hear. And he does this in Luke chapter 12. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus is teaching a large crowd, and then he said to them, watch out. He's warning us. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Does anyone have a dresser drawer or a section of your closet that's full of clothes that you haven't worn in a year or more? <laughs> Do you have a junk drawer full of stuff that you might need one day? See, Jesus knew something we might not want to admit, that we all have a great capacity for what he calls greed, for accumulating, even hoarding and overspending. And Jesus is reminding us that life is more than all the stuff we acquire. When we allow ourselves to have less, we naturally find ourselves more thankful for what we currently possess. You want less greed? For some of us, this will be the most difficult thing you hear today. And here's the practical next step. Clear out the clutter. Clearing out the clutter. I've heard it said, that there's something that you have a really hard time getting rid of, you need to thank it for serving a purpose in your life and then you give it away. Yep, you just thank it and you give it away. Now, for me, this one means saying, um, thank you for that 10-year, that T-shirt I got 10 years ago that rewarded me for running a 5K. Thank you so much. I felt acknowledged for that achievement. You served your purpose and then I let it go and I get rid of it. <laughs> and the pain is real because I got a bunch of old T-shirts like that. And for me, I'm also kind of a book hoarder. I mean, like several bookshelves, like floor to ceiling, throughout the house, tons of books downstairs, extra books in boxes. Why? Well, you never know when I might want to read one of those thousand books again. I never have, but I might. Or maybe I'm really desperate for, you know, a, a illustration for a talk like this, and you never know where you might find a really good story. That's why my future reality show is called Don't Look in My Basement. <laughs> All right, so what can I do? I should thank my books. Thank you for serving a purpose. Seven years ago, when you were relevant, I read you. You really helped me. Now I'm going to set you free to someone else. Thank you for serving your purpose. And some of you are going, hold it. Isn't this like a Marie Kondo idea? <laughs> I don't even know if it was original with her. And yeah, it might sound a little crazy, but I'm telling you, try it. Because what's probably crazier is all the stuff we're holding on to. So thank your stuff and send it away, all right? Take a look at your closet. If you haven't worn something last year, just bless somebody else by giving it away. In fact, I'll tell you what, here's the deal. Every time you get something, give something away. You get one, you give one. You just got a shirt, you give a shirt. You just got pants, you give pants. Just got shoes, you give shoes. You just got underwear, don't do it with underwear. That'd be weird, all right? But for those of you that really want a challenge, here's a challenge. Go through your house 
and try to give away a hundred things. You'll actually be shocked how easy it can be. But know this, less greed will lead to more gratitude. I promise you, less greed will lead to more gratitude. All right, let's wrap this up. Writer Pearl S. Buck put it this way. Many people lose the small joys in hope for the big happiness. It's so easy to miss the small joy. What we really want in life, which are quality relationships, a strong faith, inner peace. It's easy to miss that. When we live like more is better. And the greater truth is that less is more. Don't trade the small joys in pursuit of some big happiness. Now, I know for some of us, our situations are, are more extreme than we've dealt with today. And I alluded to this earlier in the message. So here's the deal. All throughout this series, we want to provide practical ways for you to find the financial freedom that God desires for you. Now, one of the practical tools is our resource page we put together. This is outstanding. It has all sorts of financial tools and financial resources. You really need to go there right now, wherever you are, to communitychristian.info and take advantage of this. In fact, one thing I want you to particularly look at on our resource page is our money and budgeting course. Our money and budgeting course is a three-week online course, and it'll walk you through how to develop and live on a budget. I mean, Sue and I did this when we were early on in our marriage. I'm telling you, this is a game changer. This is crucial for finding financial freedom. And you can get all the information, again, at communitychristian.info. Go in there right now, uh, sign up for that, and take advantage of all, that, all those great resources. Now, but back to all of us. For all of us, this week, I want to invite you to act on this greater truth that less is more. And we talked about three practical ways to begin practicing less is more. Let's go over those. Calling out conforming. Ask yourself, where are you conforming to others? Or trying to appear like you're getting ahead? Or maybe seeking the approval of others? Call out the conforming. Cutting back on consumption. Are you living within your means? Or how about regardless of what you can afford, what if you just consumed less? Because then you'll need less. Or thirdly, clearing out the clutter. How about, getting rid of, how about getting rid of some stuff? You know, you get one, you give one. And you can prevent clutter. If every time you get something, then you get rid of the same thing. Clearing out the clutter. I know there's at least one of these challenges that really resonate with you today. And I want you to focus on just that one. Pick just one practical takeaway from what we've talked about and then put it into practice this week. This week, we can be a people that experience transformation, peace, gratitude that come from embracing less is more. I'm telling you, financial freedom, it's possible. And for some of us, the work in front of us, it is great and it's gonna take a lot of time and a lot of energy. For others of you, I'm not gonna kid you, it's gonna take some serious discipline. But there's for a whole bunch of us, it is acting on some small change that will yield a great result. There is hope wherever you are today. Freedom is waiting to be claimed. Take one step. It doesn't matter how big. And you'll begin to experience this peace, this gratitude, this transformation that God wants for you. Let's pray together. Father, I want to say thank you that you are so good you're so good that in your word, you reveal to us just really practical ways of how we can live the best life, the life that you want for us. And Lord, for every one of us, and it's all of us, 
who are pulled into and have fallen in the trap of always thinking more is better. Help us through the power of your spirit to realize the benefits of how less is often more. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.